0: Welcome to the Flat Rock Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Hunt, and on today's episode, we're going to be breaking down the top defenses in college football. Before we get to that, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, as that really helps the channel out. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get into it. Welcome to the Flat Rock Sports Podcast, your daily source for all things college football. And now your host, Christian Hunt. I want to start this episode off with a question for everybody watching. You know, the question I want to ask is what makes a great defense? You know, especially in preseason before anybody has taken any meaningful snaps, and all we have to go off of is uh, hype from last year, recruiting rankings from a few years ago, uh, all this stuff, right? And just trying to sort of piece together who's going to do what before any meaningful snaps have been taken. When I look at how I gauge a defense or how I gauge an offense, I look at a couple of things, right? The number one thing I look at is what was the production from last year? You know, what were their rankings as far as what they were able to do? What was the experience that they're bringing back? How many starters are they bringing back? You know, does the defense a lot of senior juniors and seniors? what stuff like that, right? That's what I look for when I'm, when I'm breaking down who's got the best offense or who has the best defense, right? Now the other side of it too, is talent and talent is a huge factor in what can go, what can get you going forward, right? So with that kind of out of the way, and now we have a basis for what we're looking for here, let's break down who has the best defenses in college football. First up on my list, I have Texas A&M. Now I put Texas A&M on here because they're perhaps the youngest team on this list. If you go look at their projected depth chart, it's a lot of freshmen and a lot of sophomores, very few uh, juniors and seniors, they're gonna be projected to start for them. But they arguably have the most talent out of anybody on this list. Now, Jimbo Fisher, he took a lot of steps forward last year, right? He beat Alabama. Uh, Their defense was ranked number 14 in team defense. They did a really good job at playing together. You know, as far as youth is concerned, okay, they only have two seniors that are actually projected to start on the de- uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Now, Texas A&M, they're going to try to lean on players like safety Damani Richardson, nickelback Antonio Johnson, will linebacker Edrin Cooper. Uh, they've got Mike linebacker Andre White. They've got defensive tackle Shamar Johnson. So they've got some of these guys that are really young. Uh, they're going to really try to hopefully step up and make big things happen for the Aggies this year. Now, Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies, right, they're on the right track to be in the playoff. I don't know if this is their year. I don't know if they put everything together this year, but I have a, I have a good feeling that the next couple of years, this is gonna be a defense that you're gonna be like, dang, man, they're loaded. Next up on the list, I have Iowa. Now, Iowa, they're gonna be led by coach Kirk Ferentz, okay? Now, he is coming off of a 10 and four year in which they lost the Big Ten championship game to Michigan. It wasn't really that close. They had a little bit of a lapse down there, right? And they also lost the Citrus Bowl to Kentucky. Here's the interesting stat I sort of found when I was doing my research into this. Kirk Ferentz is in his 32nd year with the Hawkeyes, okay? Okay. D, his defense last year finished ninth in the nation in yards allowed. They gave up just 20 points per game and they came up with a whole hell of a lot of turnovers throughout the year. That's a pretty important stat in and of its own right. Right Now they bring back majority of that defense from last year and just about everybody from that front seven. They're gonna be led by guys like Mike Linebacker, Jack Campbell, Will Linebacker, Seth Benson, Defensive tackle Logan Lee, defensive end Joe Evans, uh, Leo linebacker Justin Jacobs, cornerback Riley Moss, and uh, starting strong safety Kayvon Merriweather. Look, the reality of the situation is really simple for why I put Iowa on this list. They have a ton of experience. And honestly, they have one of the best defensive coaches in the uh, country, in Kirk Ferentz, right? Like they are every year. They should have a great year. If their offense can figure it out, hey, look for them to go pretty far. Next up on the list, I've got Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin's coached by Paul Christ. Okay, they're coming off a Las Vegas Vole victory over Arizona State. Right, they went 9-4 and four last year. They actually had the number two ranked defense last year. Okay, they were the number two ranked defense last year. And that's where their identity is built off of. You think about it. You think about Wisconsin football. You think about uh, fullbacks, probably, and defensive players, right? I mean, this is a defensive powerhouse. They've got a bunch of returning uh, players from last year that were rotational guys. They got in, they got some snaps. They did some really awesome things. So that's a really good thing to look for uh, when we're talking about this, right? When you can get, when you can sub guys in and rotate guys in and out, you're going to stay fresher and you're going to have probably a better impact because when they do have to step up and become starters, you're set. You already know that they can do it. Now they're going to be led by, they're going to be led by safety. John, Torchio. They're going to be led by cornerback Jay Shaw. Outside linebacker, Nick Herbig. Outside linebacker, CJ Goats. Defensive end Isaiah Mullins. And nose tackle Keanu Benton. So these guys have they have some talent there, right? And they've got an experience. Okay, you look at them, they're one of the most experienced defenses on this list. They've got the talent and the experience to compete, right? It's gonna be fun when we watch Iowa, Wisconsin, some of these teams that may be the second tier teams or whatever have you that you wanna say in the Big 10 compete for it this year. Next up on my list, I have Clemson. Now Clemson's coming off a down year, right? They transitioned away from quarterback Trevor Lawrence, but they have a surplus of talent that got drafted, okay? They've ran rough shot over the ACC the last few years, and surprisingly, they had a 10 and 3 record last year. And that's, and the surprising part of that, that's considered a down year for Clemson. That's when you know you're getting good is when you're going 10 and 3, and that's considered an eh, okay year. Let's take a let's take a little bit uh, bigger look into this though, right? They have the number eight defense in the country. They're, however, their defensive coordinator Brent Venables he moved over and moved back to Oklahoma last year to become the head coach. So they're losing their sort of guy in charge that kind of built that defense up. But Dabo Sweeney, okay? Dabo Sweeney is going to be looking for these guys like safety Andrew uh, Mukaba to take a big step forward, cornerback Sheridan Jones, uh, Will linebacker Trenton Smith Jr., defensive tackle Brian Breese and their entire defensive line from last year, right? That defensive line last year, I put them in there as a collective because they had 24 sacks and five turnovers. They bring just about all those guys back. Even the rotational guys are bringing back. That is huge for what they're trying to do going forward this year. Now, look for them to take a huge step forward. And I think that they get back to the playoffs this year and they kind of string it all together. Next up on my list, I've got Georgia. Now, Georgia is led by Kirby Smart, right? And they've got to be feeling great because they're coming off of a national championship victory over Alabama. And they actually saw a record number of players get drafted last year. They had 15 guys drafted. Now, of those 15, eight of them were on defense, okay? And this is an all-time great defense last year. I mean, it's gonna be, we'll, we, we'll probably see somebody maybe eclipse this record, but it's it might, be, it might take a while, right? Bama could do it this year, right? You never know. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But Georgia will surely take a step. They're gonna say, potentially, take a step back this year, right? And the reason why I say that is because you don't have eight guys drafted and just pick up and you know and keep rolling. Now they may be able to do that and that'd be awesome, right, to watch that. But they still have Kirby Smart who is a defensive genius in the sport and they still have a ton of talent. I mean, they sign a top four, you know, class every year. Or so, and a lot of those guys that they sign, guess what? They're defensive players. So, here's what I'm looking at. Georgia, they're going to be led by safety Christopher Smith jack linebacker nolan smith sam linebacker robert beal defensive tackle jalen carter and cornerback keely ringo listen georgia has everything it needs to compete if bama wasn't a thing georgia probably would be favored to win the national championship here right they would absolutely be favored hands down wouldn't even probably be a question there would only be maybe one other team up there that could really argue with it right maybe ohio state Maybe Clemson, but again, Georgia would probably for sure be the headstrong pick here uh, to take it. Now, here's the other thing I like about this when I was doing my research. Kirby Smart hasn't been ranked outside of the top 17 in team defense since his first year in Georgia. So I don't see this changing anytime soon. Now, on to the the last team that we're going to cover here on this list, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Okay, look, when I was sitting down and I was writing this out and I was thinking, how can Alabama come back? How can they be uh, better than they were last year? How can they improve on for them what's arguably a down year? Well, they're kind of come back with a vengeance. And you're talking about talent, Alabama has it, okay? They're coming off that heartbreaking loss to Georgia, right, in the national championship game. And look, they have, and I just said this, they have a scary good group of talent in that backfield. I mean, it is going to be not in the backfield, the whole defense for that matter, right? It's going to be an amazing group of guys to check out and see what we can do this year, right? With Bam. Now let's check this out here. Nick Saban in the Tide. They've historically always been great, Coming off of season-ending losses, you go back to when they lost to Utah. You go back to when uh, they lost to Clemson. You go back to when they lo- uh, lost to Ohio State. You know, you go back and you look, and it's like they get they 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 do the right thing with it. And they use that for motivation. I don't see that changing going forward this year. Right here's who they have returning. Okay, they've got safety Jordan Battle coming in. They've got c- cornerback Kool Aid McKinstry. They've got cornerback Eli Ricks, who transferred in from LSU. They've got Sam linebacker, Dallas Turner. They've got Mike linebacker, Henry Toa. They've got defensive end Byron Young, and they probably have arguably the best defensive player in this entire class. And that is Jack linebacker, Will Anderson. This guy has that potential to go number one overall. And like I said, I mean, he put up Amazing stat lines. I think he put up what was it like 17 sacks last year. I mean, you can't guard the guy, and that's what makes Bama so difficult, right? Is because when you try to go double a guy like Will Anderson, hey, Dallas Turner's on that other end trying to get after you. Henry Toa Toa is going to come come clean and do something, right? You've got Byron Young on one end trying to you know get after him. Whenever you try to double team these guys to do anything, you're just opening yourself up to a headache, right? So again, I think Bama takes the cake here, best defense in college football. They've got that uh, vengeance factor playing for them and they also have the most talent, in my opinion, right now with that experience that you like to see. Moving on, we've got our hot takes for today. So let's take a look at it. So here's another one, here's another great one we've got. Texas Tech will be in the top three of the Big 12. They're gonna be in the top three of the Big 12 is what uh, somebody said. Well. I think that's a little, a little bit of a reach, okay? Look, first off, they have a really tough schedule. They have a top 20 uh, strength of schedule. So that's already not a good start for them. They finished dead last in the Big 12 in average yards per game allowed on defense. Look, the Big 12 historically is not known, okay, for great defenses. The Big 12 is known for high-flying offenses and, you know, great defensive backs, right? But again, if you're a defender and a defensive back in today's game and you don't have a great front seven, it is a long, tough road ahead for you, my friends, because you have to pressure the quarterback. You know, with everything in today's game, it favors the offense, it favors the wide receivers. You have to be able to get after the quarterback in order to slow them down. So that's something that I don't see Texas Tech particularly having this year, And I could be wrong, but I don't think that they're going to be able to do that. Now, let's take a look at this. They're going to play teams like Oklahoma State, Baylor, Texas, and West Virginia, right? Here's the other side of that. All those teams I just mentioned, including Oklahoma State, Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma, and West Virginia, they're all going to be just as good, if not better, than they were last year, right? They're all just as talented, if not more talented than they were last year. You see what I'm saying here? I don't think Texas uh, Tech is going to be in the top three of the Big 12, except for the first couple of weeks of the season. That's my strong, strong take on that. Let's go on another one here. Notre Dame returns to the playoffs. Again, what seems to be a common theme in this, they also have one of the toughest, they have one of the toughest schedules in the country. They've got a first-year coach. They have a really tough schedule. Let me let me let me break it down for you. They play Clemson, Ohio State, and USC with a first-year coach. I see them dropping at least two of those games between Clemson, Ohio State, and USC. And again, here's the reality the situation. You may be saying, well, I don't think USC is going to be that good. Look, you're getting Lincoln Riley. You're getting arguably the most talented. Transfer portal class we've ever seen, right? In you know, Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison and Travis Dye out of Oregon, they play USC the last game of the year at USC. To me, that game favors USC, right? Even if USC underperforms this year, which a lot of people think they will, they don't want to get too hyped on them. I think that is a recipe for disaster for Notre Dame. Okay, if they drop two games, let's say they drop three games even, right? Let's say Clemson, Ohio State, and USC beat them. There is no way they get into the playoffs, right? Not until they expand it anyways. All right, our last hot take of the day, Oregon beats Georgia week one. All right, look, Oregon is a very talented team. They have a great up-and-coming coach in Dan Lanning, who's, this is his first shot. Nobody knows what he's gonna do. He could come out here and become the next Nick Saban in front of our eyes and beat Georgia. I don't think it happens though. I don't think it happens right away, and I'm explaining explain why, right? They're talented, but they're not talented enough to keep pace with Georgia. Georgia has the better athletes on both sides of the ball. I mean, simply put, you know, they are – think about this. Georgia's front seven to me. They're going to be better than – they're going to be better than Oregon's offensive line. You go quarterback comparison here. Stetson freaking Bennett has beat Bo Nix a couple of times in his career, Right? And it's not just about beating them. It's about, okay, everything being equal here. You're you're returning a guy that has a ton of experience in quarterback and Stetson Bennett, and who just, like I said, he doesn't make mistakes unless he plays Alabama, then he makes all the mistakes. But other than that, he doesn't make mistakes. And I'm gonna tell you right now, this Georgia staff, they've been together. This, you know, this Georgia team, they've been together for a long time on both sides of the ball. And they know what exactly, exactly what they want to do. So on both sides of the ball, I think they're going to be they're going to look like the more complete team. I think they're going to be the more complete team. They're going to have more talent, right? Here's the other thing, like I just kind of mentioned. Dan Lanning and this Oregon staff and these players are going to be learning on the fly. Look, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying they're going to lose every game. I'm not sitting here saying they're going to win every game. I think that this year, what you want to see if you're an Oregon fan, and it's a respectable take, I think, you want to see Oregon beat the teams they're supposed to beat, and keep it close enough in the games that you're expecting them to lose. That's all you can ask for if you're an Oregon fan, right? Flat Rock Sports presents Cruton Talk. We've got another great segment of Cruton Talk for you, and that starts right now. First up on the list, we have Miami. Now Miami just signed the number 4 linebacker in the country in Malik Bryant. Now He's interesting because he's the number 61 player in the class and actually helps jump Miami up to the number eight class overall. Next up on the list, I've got Alabama. Now, Bama's interesting because they signed the number one safety in the country in Caleb Downs. All right, he's a number 12 player overall in the class, and he actually helps jump Bama all the way up to number five. Do you know how huge that is? You know, they talk about this all the time. The one thing you can't do is you can't let Alabama get hot and recruit. Look, NIL transfer portal, this was all stuff that was supposed to hinder Bama. Guess what? It isn't. As, as the year is going on, more and more, it looks like Nick Saban's doing what he always does. He's going into Georgia, and he's taking what he wants. Now, at the moment, let's see how the recruiting rankings shake out, because I want to kind of talk about that for just a second. Number one, we've got Ohio State. Number two, we've got Notre Dame. Number three, we've got Georgia. Georgia is still holding strong. Uh, number four, we've got Texas. Number five, we've got Bama, right? Number six is Clemson. Number seven is Penn State. Number eight is Miami. Number nine is Oklahoma. Number 10 is Tennessee. number 11 is LSU. Number 12 is Arkansas. Number 13 is USC. Number 14 is Baylor, and number 15 is Texas Tech. Look, I'll be honest with you here. A couple of things I'm seeing, you know from this list that I that I gather. Alabama and Georgia are going to keep climbing and it's going to be an interesting it's going to be interesting to see how they do right i think alabama and georgia they're going to keep climbing here up to the top and they're going to stay in the five right i think how if you ask me how does this end by the end of the year with both of these teams here this is what i think i think somehow some way it's between georgia and bama for the top class bama's making up a lot of ground they only have 15 commits all right, they only have 15 commits, but they're making up a lot of ground very quickly. Georgia only has 17 commits. Okay, you go back, you look. Miami's only got 15 commits. Uh, Oklahoma's only got 17 commits. Uh, Tennessee's only got 19, and LSU's got 16 commits. Okay, that's how your top 11 or so shake out. Everybody else, except for USC in this whole equation, has already got a whole heck of a lot of commits. Um, like i said i think your top five looks a little something like uh ohio state notre dame georgia alabama texas and then i think right like i said i think i'm gonna go with a wild card here i think miami keeps keeps pretty well it'll be interesting to see what happens before signing day though flat rock sports presents hunt's hot seat all right on today's segment of Hunt's Hot Seat Rating, I've got a good one for you. I've got West Virginia coach, Neil Brown. Now, Neil Brown overall has a 52 and 34 overall record, so he's pretty good right there, right? When you consider he's only coached at Troy and West Virginia, here's where you're starting to get a little iffy, right? It kind of goes either way for West Virginia fans. In three years at West Virginia, he's compiled a 17 and 18 record with the Mountaineers. Here's a good spot, though, He's four and one in bowl games, so he can get you to some bowl games and can do pretty decent, it seems like. He hasn't won more than six games since being at West Virginia. You got to win more than six games. You've got to win more than six games, right? It is so important. Um, here's the thing. They're, they're coming off a bowl loss last year to Minnesota, okay? the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. So again, he's got him to bowls. May not be the bowl you want, but... At least he's getting you to bowls. And at least he's winning. He did lose last year, though. But yeah, right now he's got the number twenty-four class uh, in the country, right? So that's a positive if you're a West Virginia fan, right? They've averaged the number thirty-eight class, all right. since he's arrived to Morgantown. I think. Look, I, I did a, I, I broke this down yesterday, right? I covered West Virginia on the podcast. I did a whole deep dive with them. They, here's the thing that I said. Are they the best out there at recruiting? No. Are they the worst? Absolutely not. You know, he's like I said, he's averaged the number 38 class, you know, so he's doing at least good things on the recruiting trail. Now, when I wanted to take a look back at West Virginia, I was shocked to learn they have never won a national championship in their storied history. They don't have any Heisman winners. Uh, They've only won 16 bowl games. If you can believe that in their entire history. So, and that's crazy because you think about they've had players come out of West Virginia such as Pat McAfee, Sam Huff, Adam, and Adam Pac-Man Jones, right? They've have some good players, you know, that have come out of here. You think about the Pat White years, you know, they're they've had some really good players at West Virginia. Now, for this, I kind of thought and thought and thought. How do I want to rate this? How do I want to break this down? How do I want to put him on the hot seat, right? Because He's going into year number four with the team. I wasn't sure. I really wasn't sure because he's done some good things. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, backlash for him yet. I gave him a six. I'm going to explain why I gave him a six here in just a second, right? It's a make or break year with all the conference realignment going on, right? It's a make or break year with all the conference realignment going on. He has the best chance of winning this year than he's going to have probably – his entire chance of being at West Virginia. They've got their entire offensive line coming back. They have a quarterback in JT Daniels, who's a legit top 10 quarterback. They have some good wide receivers coming back from last year. Uh, Their defense should be okay. They're going to have to figure it out in the secondary, right? Their front seven's really good, but their secondary is going to have to figure it out a lot more so, right? He's got to do something with this talent right they here's here's my thing right if he underperforms this year if he underperforms for any reason and he doesn't at least win eight games and a bowl game that's going to be considered a letdown for west virginia fans okay they're going to be considering this a huge letdown this year if they don't win eight games in a bowl right here he needs to maintain the recruiting and he needs to try to get up inside the top 20 this year. It may be a stretch, but I think I think looking at everything they can sneak up inside the top 20 if they just kind of keep going away at it, especially if early on in the year they have some success. So what you want to do is you want to parlay your on-field success into recruiting success, right? If he can do that, he's going to have a great shot at, at keeping this job. You know, here's the other side of this, right? Fans you know, I, I kind of was was trying to gauge the the temperature on this. A lot of fans say that he likes to play it safe too much, right? They're used to their their mountaineers taking more risks. You know, they want somebody that's going to go for it on fourth down. You know, they want somebody that's going to try to uh, I don't know, maybe send a wild, crazy blitz. You know, do something. You just they just say he's too safe, too predictable. They want him to take some risks because that's what the program was built off of. You know, when those other teams with rich rod and some of these other electric players and stuff like that, when they don't have all this talent necessarily to compete with some of these teams that they're competing with. So check this out. He still has an old trick in his bag. Okay. And that old, and that trick is, is this, he can still fire his coaches and replace them, right? It's the oldest trick in the book. You know, maybe it was the assistant coaches, right? We see this at all programs, right? If they have a down year this year, he can literally just say, Hey, look, it's the assistant coaches. We're bringing in all new assistant coaches. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Right. He still has that trick in his disposal, right? Here's what I recommend. I recommend that they keep him as you know. And the reason why I recommend they're going to keep him is look, this conference is about to get a whole hell of a lot easier for him. It is. It's going to get a whole hell of a lot easier for them, right? You're getting ready to lose Texas and Oklahoma. God only knows what's getting ready to happen. Those are the two premier programs. Keep him. If he can recruit well, who knows? West Virginia may be uh, vying for a, a Big 12 championship here soon, right? If not this year, if things go well for him, right? I'm just saying. But anyways, that's actually going to conclude this episode of the Flat Rock Sports Podcast, your source for daily college football content. As always, I'm your host, Christian Hunt, and we'll catch you next time.